The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I'm still teaching the series, Open Your Mind to Prosperity, based upon the book of the same title by Catherine Ponder. We're working through the book, and I think we've gotten some really good information. You know, some of you all have reached out to me on Facebook and let me know you know, how much you're enjoying working with the book and the podcast or the or live listening to it live. And if any of you feel as though that this might be something that, you know, now that you've been working with it and you've had a shift or you've had some breakthroughs, I would love to know about your breakthroughs. And if you want to call in and share a breakthrough or insight, I would or have a question. I would love to hear from you. You can call in at 888-558. Um, uh, 6489 I've said that number so many times I think it's just looping in my head in different versions now but anyway (laughs) today's lesson is prosperity through the divine plan prosperity through the divine plan not the divine plan I apologize that was last week prosperity through the wisdom concept prosperity through the wisdom concept So before I get into teaching this chapter, I want to read a a couple of definitions from the Revealing Word. This is from the Revealing Word on page 211 from uh, under the uh, definition for wisdom. He calls it intuitive knowing, spiritual intuition, meaning he, meaning Charles Fillmore. The voice of God within is the source of our understanding. Mental action based on the Christ truth within, within. Wisdom includes judgment, discrimination, intuition, and all departments of mind that come under the head of knowing. This knowing capacity transcends intellectual knowledge. Spiritual discernment always places wisdom above the other faculties of mind and reveals that knowledge and intelligence are are auxiliary to understanding. Now, here's a couple of things that I want to point out with his definition. That I think are really powerful. One, I love uh, 
Charles Fillmore's definitions. That's why I use them so much. But at times, his definitions overlap. What do I mean by that? You know, he, 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 you, he'll use one definition for wisdom and another definition for understanding. If you read them, that sometimes they seem like they're saying the same thing. But if you do a slight differentiation, you'll recognize that wisdom still has an aspect of choice, a function of choice, of conscious choice with it, in the sense that you have to choose or make a decision based upon wisdom that is given. What do I mean by that? Because he says that wisdom includes judgment, discrimination, intuition, and all departments of mind that come under the head of of knowing. So is there's some judgment, there's some discrimination, and not judgment in the sense of criticism, judgment in the sense of knowing what you should or shouldn't do. Everybody is going to make judgments. We make judgments consciously and unconsciously all the time. But this is the difference that I want to make. Or this is how I want to differentiate it. Wisdom is knowing what. Understanding is knowing why. In other words, you can have an intuitive know, uh, intuitive knowledge. You can be given the what without necessarily having the whole big picture. Understanding is a knowing that reveals truth. Wisdom functions it as this is what needs to be done, and sometimes it's 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 uh, as some people say it's their their intuitive gut feeling. Sometimes it's their mother's intuition or my first mind told me something said. That's that wisdom faculty working in and through us. So I, I do make a different a differentiation in some of his definitions, but now that we we can go back to that. I love the voice of God within, the voice of God within. And he says that wisdom, again, includes, includes. So wisdom isn't one thing. It includes a lot of things that allow us to be able to make the decisions, the choices that we need to make to be able to live in alignment with the truth of God in, through, and as us. So I think that's really Good to know. The other definition that I want to work with before we get to the chapter is intuition, which is on page 108. He says intuition is the natural knowing capacity, the natural knowing capacity, inner knowing, the immediate apprehension of spiritual truth without resort to intellectual means. So it just means that you get the revelation, you get the flash insight, you get the realization, whatever. That it's an inner knowing. He also calls it the wisdom of the heart. In, in other words, it's not an intellectual process. He goes on to say, it is a much sure it is very much sure in guidance than the head because it's it's, it's not judging just based upon what the five senses are, are telling us. Sometimes, outwardly, all the facts line up, seemingly. But then you'll find out, but intuitively, you'll say, um, something's not right about that. Or intuitively, you'll say, you know what? I know uh, this is, uh, the world is saying no and spirit is telling me go. And you have to go. That's what visionaries do. That's what trailblazers do. Because it's something within them, wisdom, knowing, intuition, that is guiding the process. Fillmore goes on to say, 
when one trusts spirit and looks to it for understanding, a certain confidence in the invisible good develops. So the more you have faith in your intuitive knowing, the more it develops and the more confidence you have in it. So the more you trust it, the more you can use it. And the more you use it, the more good you can express. And the more good you express, the more you learn how to listen to it. The more you listen to it, the more you learn how to trust it. And the more you trust it, the more good you experience in your life. And over and over and over again. Now, this isn't to discount intellectual knowledge because intellectual knowledge is what is allowed what has come as intuitive ideas to be able to help us uh, live, many of us and most of humanity live the life of convenience to to even be on this show right now while I'm in Chicago in my office talking to you and you could be listening to this live or years from now. So the intellect of humanity allows that process to happen. So it's not that intellect is bad. Intellect is good. You know, I don't want anybody trying to intuitively uh, perform a medical procedure on me intellectually the skills and knowledge and arts to things that we need to acknowledge etc what i'm talking about is how do we use intuition to help guide all of this intellectual knowledge that we've gathered anyway then Fillmore says something that i think that is so powerful in this definition of intuition that uh i can't read it enough but i'm only going to read it once Through the power of intuition, man or human beings, man has direct access to all the knowledge and wisdom of God. I'll read it one more time. I said I was only going to read it once. Through the power of intuition, man has direct access to all knowledge and the wisdom of God. So by learning how to trust your intuition, you're tapping into omniscience, all the wisdom or intelligence of God. One of the things we teach in the, at Christ Universal Temple and the Johnny Coleman Institute and the Universal Foundation for Better Living is that um, wisdom is the idea and divine mind of orderly knowledge. And it functions, functions in human beings as inspiration, intuition, and intelligence inspiration the aha moments the light bulb moments intuition again there's inner knowing and intelligence we need all three to demonstrate the good that we desire to have in our life world and affairs so let's get back to the book open your mind to prosperity because we're trying to learn how to use intuition to help us prosper that's the point of this chapter now she starts the chapter off by talking about solomon and and how solomon you know was wise in the use of the proverbs and things of that nature so i'm just going to go along with that concept because most modern biblical scholars do not believe that solomon compiled or quote-unquote wrote what is attributed to him in the book of proverbs I mean, that doesn't mean nothing passed down, but I know of no uh, mainstream Bible scholar who teaches that these days. That's neither here nor there. No different than no Bible scholar I know worth his or her salt teaches that David wrote the Psalms. That's just 
religious tradition uh, that's been passed down through the ages that's not based upon fact. Anyway, moving along. The word wisdom means knowledge. True wisdom is knowledge from within. It is an inner knowing. This is the kind of wisdom Solomon developed and which made him a multi-millionaire. She goes on to write, as he turned within and asked for guidance, he intuitively knew what to do about every situation that was presented to him. Now, that's good to know because what she's saying is when you learn to trust, because it says he turned within and asked for guidance. That's key. He turned within and asked for guidance. And he intuitively knew. But even if you turn within and ask for guidance, you still have to make a choice. Are you going to follow the guidance or not? Because you can do the prayer work. You can receive the revelation. But now what are you going to do with it? Because many people, if you ask them about opportunities that were blown, or situations they should have never been in in the first place, they'll tell you that something or told them and they didn't follow it. So we have to learn how to trust this higher knowledge. Okay. So, to page 130, true education wells up from within. She wrote, we're hearing much about these days about the importance of education. The word educate means to lead out or draw out from within. So to educate means to pull out. So even though you're giving, for instance, a child information, that child is drawing out of the innate ability to to develop and grow uh, the the skills necessary to handle the math problem or the history problem or language or, you know, or writing or et cetera. They have the capacity to do it, but it has to be developed. So education is, is development, not just the passing on of information. It is development. And what ends up happening many times is, uh, we develop certain aspects of ourselves and we ignore many times the others. So what do I mean by that? So we can have the head knowledge, the school knowledge, which is good and beneficial to a, to a healthy society. But we also need the intuitive knowing. We need to teach people how to develop their own spiritual gifts and abilities. We need the intuitive knowing. And I would say we need the love knowing. What do I mean by that? Even though we're not at that chapter yet, but it's the next chapter about love because we want to be balanced. So if we are intellect and we don't have love, then we don't have balance. We have to have the love. We have to have the wisdom. We have to have uh, the intellect and some other things. But in particular, those things. because. It, it balances. I don't want to get in, into the love right now because my mind is trying to pull me there, and that's what what next week is for. All right. So 
page 131, how, how the wisdom concept prospers. All right. So she wrote, perhaps you're thinking, but I need prosperity and success now. I do not have much time for the practice of meditation, nor can I wait years to perfect the method of getting wisdom in order to be prospered. Surely there must be a shortcut. In a sense, there is by using the wisdom concept. Like Solomon of old, many a successful person has used this method and has become exceedingly prosperous. Since the word wisdom means knowledge from within and the word concept means a thought, idea, or notion, you can begin practicing the wisdom concept by dwelling upon the thought, idea, or notion of an indwelling intelligence. This is simple to do, though its results are often profound. So what she's saying is you can start by just started to begin to contemplate on the possibility that there's a higher intelligence working in you. Not that there's just a higher intelligence. Most people believe in a concept of God or a higher intelligence or creator, whatever their concept is, even if they're not religious. Unless a person is agnostic, not agnostic, atheist, meaning a theist, a no theist God, unless they believe there's no God, most people believe there's a higher intelligence. But we're saying in New Thought, they start to contemplate on the possibility that there is a higher intelligence working in you that knows how to help develop prosperity, health, peace and well-being in your everyday life there's a higher intelligence in you that can guide your life that that has to be a possibility before you can go any further you might say well i don't i don't know if i can honestly say that i'm not saying you have to know it i'm saying ponder the possibility that there is a inner intelligence or knowing or wisdom within that can help me prosper. Just allow that to land. Because sometimes we'll just jump past it because we're off in our own lives. Now, then I would say when you have money decisions, how often do you stop and contemplate or seek guidance about how to do it instead of just thinking, well, I can do this, I can do that. You know how we contemplate and ponder on our brain. I can pay this and I can pay that. that I can do this. If I hold off on a couple of weeks on this, then maybe I don't have to dip into my savings for that and et cetera. And, uh, I got these bills and whatever, but actually stop and pray. Okay, God, how do I need to handle this? What's the best way to do this? What's the best way to do this? How should I handle this? What resources do I need to know? What? How do I need to handle this? And, or whatever random questions that you have that you feel as though will allow you to process. But more importantly, besides the questions, to get to the space of saying there's an infinite intelligence that guides my money decisions. That's an affirmation in and of itself. There's an infinite intelligence within me. That guides my money decisions. There's an infinite intelligence within me that guides my money decisions. 
there's an infinite intelligence within me that guides my money decisions. And play with it in your mind. I'm looking at the clock and it looks like it's time for our first break. So we will be right back with Truth Transforms. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Let's get back to it. Page 131 of the book. So she goes on to write, you can begin using the wisdom concept and reap its benefits by realizing that all around you and within you, there is a power which you can begin to tap at any time from which will flow ideas and energy that can transform your life. So it's a couple of things. She's not saying that you have to become a mystic to be able to benefit from the wisdom concept is already within you, but you have to learn to tap within it, this tap within this power. And when you tap into it, you will receive two things primarily flow of ideas and energy flow of ideas and energy. So you're opening yourself self up for the ideas that will help guide you. And you're opening yourself up to the energy, which is the life activity of God, the energy of God to be able to transform your life. Now, why is this important? You know, Reverend Coleman used to teach us that God answers prayer with ideas. And people sometimes think that was simplistic. Well, I need a food. I don't need an idea. But the idea is limitless. She would say that all of God's ideas come fully clothed. She talked about what some people would call a divine idea, that if you learn how to work with the idea, it will manifest, it will draw, it will produce, it will attract that which is needed to bring it into expression. So, 
what we want is a flow of ideas. But we also need to work with the flow of ideas because with the flow of ideas, we'll, when we work with the flow of ideas, it helps us work out how to best demonstrate the prosperity that we desire. Now, let me say that um, um, we are working with a concept that is very abstract. Very abstract. And we, at times, like to have certainty, you know, can my five senses detect this? We have to learn how to work with Aspects of ourselves that don't work in the quote unquote or work through the senses. You know, we have to be mindful of that. Now, back to the book. It says on page 131 this power comes alive within and around you as unlimited wisdom and guidance. By your simple, by, by your simply paying attention to it, recognizing its presence and asking its help. So we have a couple of things we have to do. There's a power. There's a power. It, we activate it. It says comes alive within and around you. We activate this unlimited wisdom and guidance by first paying attention to it. Okay, there's a wisdom and guidance within me. There's a power within me. I have to recognize its presence. Okay, so so recognize means in the sense that <laughs> it's one thing to notice something. It's another thing to recognize because recognize sometimes has a has a you get it, it, it has a connotation almost of 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 acknowledgement almost am i acknowledging am i acknowledging that this presence is really within me matter of fact one of the definitions of recognize is acknowledge the existence or validity of something to recognize means to identify from having encountered before or something you know again. So as we work with these definitions, am I acknowledging the presence of God within me? To acknowledge means to, I mean, to recognize means to accept or be aware that something is true or exists. That's a really good definition. To accept or be aware that something is true or exists. So if I'm recognizing the presence, I'm accepting, I'm becoming aware that this power within me is true. And then I have to ask for its help. I have to admit intellectually, I don't have all the answers. All right. Then she gives some really good examples. You can read the book on your own about about the different stories that she has I think that are really good 
but you know, over the course of an hour or less, I don't can't get into all the stories. But on page 133, she wrote, true wisdom reorients the individual from within. True wisdom first expands one's mind and then expands one's world as the individual listens to its guidance. So what this is saying is simply this. Reorient. Reorient means really changing the way you think. Because as you learn to trust your intuition, as you learn to work with truth, it will shift how you think about a thing. You will create a new context. You will create a new paradigm. Because you're reorienting. And I really want that to really land. Reorient. Now, moving on. On page 134, she wrote about a designer. And I do like this story, so I'm going to stop for a moment and use it. She talked about a lady who was a noted dress designer. But a few years before that, she was living in poverty. And she didn't know how she was going to make life work. So it says that she learned of this universal wisdom that was within and around her. She began to set aside a certain time every day during which she got quiet and invited this power to give her guidance about her life. Now, this is what I like about this one sentence. She began to set aside a certain time every day during which she got quiet and invited this power to give her guidance about her life. She was systematic about her breakthrough. If there's a divine wisdom within me, then I need to set it aside no different than we would set aside time to do anything else that's really important to us. We put it on our calendar. We set aside time to watch our favorite show. We set ourselves, we set aside time to eat lunch. We set aside time to be at work or school. We set aside time to make doctor's appointments, to go to the movies. We set aside time. But hear, hear me, she set aside a certain time Every day. So my question is, when I read this to myself was, how bad do you want your good? How bad? And I'm using bad, not, you know, it's just a word. Let's not get caught up in that. Use a word that works with you or for you. But how bad do you want it? Do you want it so strongly that you're willing to set aside a certain time every day to get quiet and invite this power to give guidance to you, to give you ideas and inspiration and know-how and to reorient your thinking so the story says she began to practice and then at first nothing happened 
But then she noticed, I love this, so I'll read it verbatim. But as she daily practiced getting quiet anyway, it got easier. First, she began to feel more peaceful Ah, as the worry and fear subsided. Those fear and worry interfere with the flow. So she had to get her mind calm enough to be open and receptive to how the good could come. So sometimes we're doing the prayer work, the meditation work, the visualization work, the study work, not to get the answer initially, but to get the mind prepared to be to be even able to accept the answer. Then she wrote. Then it says next she began to get in a sense of power and dominion over her thoughts, her feelings and her world. So once she got rid of the fear and the worry and start to feel peace, then she started to feel powerful because her mind wasn't running away with emotions and negative images and things of that nature. It wasn't being dictated to by fear. It says this led her to realize that she could cope with her problems. Now she felt as though she had the ability to deal with what was in front of her. She didn't before, but now she felt felt she could. It says, then in one of these quiet times, she began to think strongly about a certain business acquaintance whom she contacted. He offered her a job as a dress designer. Now, here's the thing. So she got past the peace. She got to peace by getting over the fear and the worry by doing her prayer work every day at the same time inviting this power to give guidance to her life she was able to gain a sense of power and dominion over her own mind and then she realized she could cope with the situation once she got there in one of those quiet times she was led to contact somebody who offered her a job that she didn't have the qualifications for it says she knew very little about dress designing but accepted the job anyway feeling that divine wisdom would show her how to handle it daily in her quiet times, again, same time, same routine, she would ask divine wisdom to reveal to her all that she needed to know about designing dresses. Knowledge and ideas flowed to her. This would be something similar to a person that gets still and they learn how to play a musical instrument without being trained and without knowing how to read music. Some of the greatest musicians in American history never knew how to read music and no one ever taught them how to play the piano or the guitar. They taught themselves. How? By realizing that, you know what, there's a divine inner wisdom that can guide me. It says, as she as those original ideas came, she acted upon them and her career was assured. This woman went from poverty to soul satisfying affluence simply by asking divine wisdom to show her what to do. Mm, that's good. Same time. Every day. Inviting this wisdom the power of wisdom to show her a way every day. And by doing it every day, she cleaned 
her consciousness up to the point that where she could be receptive to the possibility of her prosperity. But sometimes we want the breakthrough, but we don't want to do the cleanup work in consciousness first. But let me tell you, as President Obama said in 2008, if you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. And when you try to put truth on top of error beliefs, you just have truth on top of error beliefs. You got to allow the truth to 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 transform your consciousness. So it's time for our second break. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. have a coach in your corner a life coach that is like a coach in sports a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them join certified life coach carla mcclellan tuesdays at 3 p.m for vibrant living on unity online radio each week coach carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused more meaningful and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. been listening to truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell if you have questions or comments about today's program or if you'd like to join in on the discussion email us at truth transforms at unity.fm now back to truth transforms welcome back to truth transforms i'm on page 135 how a man prospered using scrap tin So without getting into the whole story, because I really want to just get the point out of this, which is so, excuse me, so often greater good has not come into our lives because we have not asked for it. We have not asked to be shown how to claim it. And when I read that sentence initially, I was like, okay, but people do ask for it. And then I, then the thought came to me, no, they don't. They want it. They don't ask for it. You can want a thing. And I'd ask for it. You can want to think with every cell in your body and not ask for it. It could be available for you if you just asked. You know, it could be something as simple as an extra portion of food that you don't ask for. It can be the person is waiting for you to ask him or her out. And you don't. The job opportunity could be yours if you apply. But you don't. It's many times. It's there for you. 
It's just there for you. Opportunity presents itself. You want it. When you don't take action, you're saying you're not asking because the ask is an action step. And sometimes the ask is in mind. And sometimes the ask is in the physical realm. But I think we get conditioned to become comfortable with wanting and not asking for what we want. You know, being a minister, many times when we have to counsel people, give spiritual counseling to to couples, many times the issue is communication. People are wanting things and they assume that their spouse is psychic. They should know what they want. No, they shouldn't. People should be clear in their communication what they want. Many times people won't ask. And sometimes it's something simple. Hey, if you're going to be late from work, could you please just call and let me know um, that you're running behind? I would appreciate it. Or send me a text. Sometimes sometimes it's stuff just that simple. But a person won't say. And because a person doesn't say, the other person doesn't think it's an issue. We've gotten in the habit of not asking for what we want. You know you want the big piece of chicken. <laughs> and you're okay when they give you the wing, but you're really looking at the breast or, or the thigh. <laughs> it's okay to ask for what you want. You know, kids are wonderful when it comes to this. Last week, um, well, actually a couple of days ago, uh, last Saturday, I went to the... Uh, uh, to get my daughter an iPhone 7. And we're in the store. We already had the conversation. Um, you know, I have an iPhone plan. I'm going to, you know, turn her old phone, uh, old iPhone 6 in, get her this iPhone 7. And while we're in the store and I'm talking to the rep and I was like, Angel, get you a case for your iPhone 7. She just looks at me and she said, Dad, can I get an iPhone Seven plus. I was like, well, we talked about this already. She's like, I know, Dad. But it won't be that much. So she asked the guy who was taking care of us, how much more would it be on a monthly bill for her to, not her bill, my bill, I might add. (laughs) From the iPhone monthly from the iPhone 7 to the 7 Plus. And <laughs> and then she said, see, Dad, it's not that much. And I don't remember what it was, you know. And she sold it. So I have an iPhone 7, <laughs> but my daughter has a 7 Plus. <laughs> but kids teach us how to ask for what we want. It did literally happen like that. We're literally in the store and I mean, while we were in line, she never mentioned it while we were, you know, waiting for the, the the rep. But when it came time for action, she jumped on what she wanted. The opportunity was there. And she got what she wanted. Which is key, because here's the other thing that's key about asking through the wisdom concept that's not in the book. Ask the people that can make the decision. 
or the decisions. Many times we have conversations or we have the ask or we're communicating with folks who can't help us. It would have made no sense for her to ask somebody who was not getting her a phone or (laughs) it makes no sense to talk about talk about your raise to somebody who can't give you the raise. It doesn't make sense to talk about your breakthrough with somebody who is not in a position to help you get that breakthrough. So wisdom also says, you know, and I'm using this not metaphysically, so please understand what I'm saying. This when I say go to the source, metaphysically, that's God. But on a human level, it's who can help me do what I need to get done. Who can help me get what needs to be done? So ask for what you want. Be clear and concise about what you want. No wiggle room. You have to be very clear. And this is why it says we have not asked to be shown how to claim it. So she she says, wisdom expands the mind. When you ask divine wisdom to reveal greater good to you, it does so by first expanding your mind and then your world through the ideas it gives you. So again, as you start to work with the wisdom concept, you expand, you grow, you develop, you become bigger. And as you enlarge your territory, you can accept more good. She quoted Walter Russell, who wrote, I have faith that anything can come to one who trusts the unlimited help of universal wisdom. Page 136. She wrote, talking about scientists, tell us that we live in a sea of universal wisdom. And as you study quantum physicists and things of that nature, quantum physics and what some of these physicists are saying, um, People are calling, you know, they have all different type of terms now for uh, quantum mechanics and quantum physics and and conscious how consciousness uh, shifts things at a subatomic level, etc. They're studying stuff that mystics contemplated, but didn't have the scientific proof to back up. Now, I don't believe that everything that people talk about spiritually can be proven by tests in the physical. I just don't believe that because I believe it transcends that. That being said, many much of it is being backed up. And she wrote, this universe seems to be both imminent and transcendent, within and without. So not only is it within us, it's all around us. She says we can begin tapping this sea in a far greater in far greater ways than ever before just by recognizing its presence and asking its help yet again. And many of the mystic fields of thought they talk about a a a feel of knowing that you can tap into a universal knowledge base that is the knowledge base of all that all human beings have ever learned etc they have different names for them. i'm not gonna get into it i could give you like eight names off the top of my head the point of it is they believe that it's accessible to anybody but you have to learn how to tap into it 
She goes on to write, if you will begin spending just a short time every day thinking about this universal wisdom and asking its help about anything that concerns you, this practice will make every phase of your life more wonderful than it has ever been before. Yet going back to that same time, going back to that same process over and over again. We can't lose that going back to that same process over and over again, over and over again. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. We have to put the dedicated time in, in the prayer, in our prayers, in our stillness, in our meditation, in our visualization, in our visioning. Whatever the process is that you use, you got to spend the time with it. You have to spend the time with it. And it reveals itself. It's one of the it's one of the reasons why um, when people even practice like a martial art like Tai Chi and they're moving and they call it moving meditation. Why? Because the breath, the mind, the body is moving in a way that you become sensitive to the energy flow of your body. Now, most people are getting up, moving down, they sleep, they're relaxed, they're in bed, they're doing all type of stuff, and they never feel energy moving in their bodies. Why? People can run marathons. They feel muscle. They feel the, but when you move slowly and you're paying attention to every slow move as your breath, mind, and body all the joints starting and stopping at the same time, what you become aware of is how to listen to how your body is moving with energy. How your body is moving. That's the power of Tai Chi and Qigong. Now, if it's a principle in the physical, then as we get still and do our meditation work and our visualization and our prayer work and our visioning or whatever the process you use or technique you call it, it allows you to start and contemplate how energy is moving in your life. Same concept. But you got to get still enough to be able to see it and navigate it. And when you can see it and navigate it, then it can become or evolve into being something well beyond uh, anything that you could imagine. You'll start to see things. You'll get visions. You'll get dreams. You'll get insights. You'll get light bulb moments. You'll be able to see situations where other people see uh, nothing. You'll see breakthroughs and opportunities. You'll know who to contact and when to contact them. You'll know what to say and how to say it. This is the inner wisdom that's within and without. We're, we live, move, and have our being in it. This is the process that we need to be mindful of. So she talks about on page 136. Affirmations release wisdom. So one of the ways we can learn how to release this wisdom is by affirming it. She says on page 137, we seem to contact this universal wisdom in several ways. First, by recognizing its presence and asking for its help. Two, by affirming that it is showing us what to do and helping, and helping us do it. This seems to release the power from within us as well as from 
within circumstances and people. So she gives this affirmation. She says, there is an answer. Divine wisdom now shows me the perfect answer. I relax, let go, and let it instruct me. There is an answer. Divine wisdom now shows me the perfect answer. I relax, let go, and let it instruct me. That could be your process because you're saying there's always an answer in spirit. Just that, just that by itself. Now, I know what the world says and I know what the laws say and I know what the doctors say and I know what the lawyers say and I know what the policies say and I know what the procedures say and I know what the trends say. I know all of those facts and all of those facts are good and people are on the job and they do what they need to do and all that's great. But spirit can transcend facts. And spirit can transform someone who who is doing the inner work to jump over those who've done all the outer work. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that the outer work isn't necessary, by the way. What I am saying is qualification on a human level can be transcended. And I'm not going to retract that. I believe that so strongly. I, I can't say it enough. That literally qualification on a human level. That doesn't mean you don't do your inner, do your best to become your best outwardly. I believe in that. But as you're doing that and you're doing your inner spiritual work, you can leapfrog those that the world will say should have it before you. Now, you get to choose to accept if you believe that or not. I believe it so strongly. I, I, it's, it's like a part of my DNA. Spirit can help you transcend what the world says is possible and not possible. That's not a but, but here. Hear me out as we close in these last few seconds. That does but doing the inner spiritual work of transforming your mind will be harder work than anything that you will ever do in your life. Learning how to work with spiritual law to the point to where you're so dedicated to it, you wish it was you wish it was the PhD program. I know people who have PhDs and master's degrees from high level colleges. In universities who said studying and learning metaphysics was harder because it it had to break their intellect for them to understand it. So with that, I've run out of time. I got to go. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple.
Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 